Hello and welcome to episode three of the TGM podcast. We're back again and we have our usual crew of Ollie. Hello. Hello. And we have Sam. Hello. Hello. And we're here to fill you in on everything from the past week's gaming on Xbox and PlayStation. Where better to start than a story that's been doing the rounds probably since early this week. There was an interview from a Red Dead employee and he mentioned some crunch he'd been doing and it got taken in all kinds of directions. So uh, why don't you fill us in, Sam, what's been going on? Yeah, so basically um, Dan Hauser, who is a longtime veteran of Rockstar, uh, he's their lead writer and he's often listed as one of the directors on all the GTAs and everything. He had an interview with Vulture Mag, um, who are part of New York Magazine, where he was basically talking about the process of developing a game and everything else. And one of the throwaway comments that he seems to have made during that chat was that he had been working 100-hour weeks but unfortunately, I think the way that the interview was cut and pasted into the article that went out, it kind of suggested that everyone <laughs> in Rockstar has been working 100-hour weeks for an indeterminate amount of time on, on Red Dead Redemption 2. And obviously, it's been in development for five years. So the internet went a little bit mad about the idea that people have been working for five years on 100-hour weeks. But he later clarified that he was... A, he was talking about the writing process. So he was talking about how they go about actually writing the scripts and, and all the characters and everything else. And he was also talking about the senior staff. So most of the the team that he was talking about are longtime rock star employees. They're very senior. They all work together. They're friends. And the implication there was that that's how they choose to write. And that's how they've always kind of chosen how to, to write that particular aspect of the games that they bring out. So it was a little bit, taken out of context a little bit sensationalizing perhaps um but since then there's been a few stories coming out about rockstar working conditions there was one guy uh job stauffer who worked for them 10 years ago who said that there was a lot of that attitude at the time around crunch in terms of people having to work weekends and feeling compelled to work weekends but obviously that was from 10 years ago when yeah there was already quite a lot of discussion about the way Rockstar were working and there seems to have been a change in the way that they work anyway. Uh, and, and since then there's been Rockstar have basically relaxed their social media rules so that current Rockstar staff can talk about their current experience. And it seems like that the stories that have come out on Twitter so far, most people are just saying, yeah, we can work overtime if we want. If I if I work extra hours, it's because I'm in the zone, not because someone's pressured me to. Mm. And generally speaking, people seem to be okay with with the way that they're being treated. Obviously, those people are also very aware that they've just been told, "Hey, go on social media and tell people how great <laughs> yeah. things are at Rockstar." Yeah. So everything. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'll hear from you from a second, but from my perspective, there's there's not a hell of a lot to say about this because we don't really know what's going on because no you're never going to get the true story from you know if someone if a disgruntled employee leaves a company they're going to have a little bit of a bias on the negative side and if you're still employed there and you've just been told to relate your experiences about the company you're going to skew positive <laughs> so mm. ultimately i think i mean a lot of the comments that i saw on, on the story when i posted on true trophies was was just that people were saying well you kind of you 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 work for a company and if you don't like the way that they work, then you kind of need to find somewhere else to go. And I think that I tend to agree with that to a certain extent. I mean, I know it's, it's quite widespread in the industry, but at the same time, you kind of have to look after yourself and decide for yourself whether you want to do loads of overtime for your passion or you want to mm. find something that's a bit more nine to five, you know? Well, I was going to say a similar thing. It's that it's basically part and parcel in, in working for the games industry. I mean, pretty much every large developer must do something similar. Maybe Rockstar's on the higher end of things. I, I saw a couple of, like a roundup of some of the Twitter comments, and as you say, most of them were positive. But there were a couple of people saying they've they've heard stories and blah, blah, blah. They didn't say any names or, you know, make any explicit accusations. I don't think all the, po all the comments from the employees were like 100% positive. Mm. But as you say, I think, 
it's kind of stupid to start ranting about your employer on social media if yeah. given the chance it is a very real issue in it because obviously most of the games release with or they, they have a, a pre-announced like a release date so there's obviously it's a definite thing in it people crunching to get a game finished in time but i, I suppose there's two ways to look at it because I, I don't know if you've ever kind of been doing anything kind of creative but once you get in that kind of zone you know where stuff's clicking and stuff like that it's easy to just kind of lose track of time and just sit there for hours and hours afterwards and suddenly realize oh god I'm not eating or gone to bed yet. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? But yeah, if they're being forced, it's definitely a bad thing in it. But well, the thing it depends which part of the company you work in. Mm. Like, if you're in the creative aspect, then yeah, I can understand that. But if you're like a an engine developer or whatever, and you've got to fix bugs for you know you've got you've got to make sure that the engine you're working on or you know the part of the code you're working on is complete by X date, then yeah, basically the the, the de facto thing is that you have to get it done by that time. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of it's different depending on which aspect of the game you're working on, I think. Yeah, and yeah. to be honest, I mean, I, I did script writing at university for uh, film and TV, and as soon as it came out that, that Dan Hauser was talking about the writing aspect, I kind of wrote off the controversy side of it because I don't know any writers that don't crunch themselves whether they're working for themselves or working for a company because if you get into a creative zone and you've got a big idea unfolding in your head about where things are going to go and especially if you're in a group of like five or six people and you're all riffing off of each other and you're feeling like you're really in a good place and you're coming up with loads of great ideas you're not going to stop that halfway Mm -hmm. through because what's the point you'll just go to bed thinking about it anyway and then you might forget some of it so Certainly from a creative point of view, I think that a certain amount is okay. And they really were talking about a three-week period where they worked all that overtime. I think that's up to the individual. But yeah. as Ollie said, if you're then talking about someone trying to QA test or fix a bunch of bugs, that isn't quite so clear-cut to me because there's only so much you can do. If something is breaking and you can't fix it, you can't necessarily put a too much of a timescale on that and that's when the overtime would probably become a bit more about stress and pressure rather than just being in the zone and yeah yeah, i think ultimately it's just finding your own balance with it unfortunately there's a bigger trend it seems to me of games announcing that they're being pushed back Mm. like by a month two months or even like in the case of crackdown three by years (laughs) years <laughs> so i don't know maybe maybe it was a real thing in the past you know where you'd yeah. have to get it fixed or your job was on the line type thing because there was a lot of contro- controversy about this i can't remember a few years ago with quite a few developers you know mm. stories coming out of people working like 80 hour weeks and stuff like that so maybe the industry has kind of realized it's not a good practice and yeah i mean publishers are going we'll just move the game back then it's not <laughs> the be all and end all type thing. Well, absolutely. I think the big the big change for me was PlayStation announcing that they've cancelled PSX in December because none of the exclusives have something to show. And even a couple of years ago, most of the crunch stories were about people pushing through to say E3 or something like that to create a demo that's not even indicative of the end game, but they've all been crunching just <laughs> to show something at an event. So the fact that PlayStation have turned around and, and openly said none of the games that we would be looking to show at PSX are ready to show something at PSX, so we're just going to cancel it, is quite a bold move in the right direction, I think. Yeah, it shows that the industry's changed to some extent, I suppose, Mm. because you've got these these dates which you have to hit um, if you want to show something to the public. I suppose as well, being able to distribute digitally, like I don't know what percentage of sales now come physical over digital, but you haven't got that kind of pressure now you know to get the boxes printed and the Mm. discs printed and everything done and you can you know apply updates as well afterwards and fix things and stuff like that yeah so maybe that that's helping the fact that what you release isn't kind of like a final product like it was say 10 years ago yeah 
mean, that's true even for like loads of the games that come out these days are like half finished, aren't they? I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's quite certainly a unobtainable trophies and achievements everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, like getting game, even games like Sea of Thieves, which work like functionally, they work, but there's mm. just not enough content in the game to yeah. justify what the game is. So, like, they've had to spend the past year or so adding expansions. You know, mm. um, it's you know, it's definitely more commonplace nowadays than it ever used to be. I think it's probably pretty rare that you get a game now that doesn't have a a day one patch does it like, like every whenever you get an early review pretty much every game says oh and by the way there's a day one patch that's going to fix this 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 this, this. Um, we've had a couple of questions about the rockstar crunch stuff um, the first one is the question of the week so congratulations to jesse hill he says or she says could be a girl with so many stories becoming big again about crunch and anti-developer on larger teams is there a responsibility of gamers to think again about buying certain games from bad actors in the industry? I guess the the implication there is that Rockstar is a bad actor. I don't really ever think about that kind of stuff, unfortunately. I think um, that generally in life you have to try and vote with your wallet for sure. If you've yeah. got if you've got a value that you hold, you need to kind of feel comfortable with yourself. You need to make sure that you're buying stuff that kind of holds to that, but in terms of this specifically we don't know enough to to make that kind of kind of call and we i certainly wouldn't be thinking that based on the very vague comments that we've seen coming out from someone like rockstar that we should all just say okay you're not going to buy it and and it's not you're not going to change the world with something like red dead redemption <laughs> 2 if you decide not to buy it because i think a few million other people will I think it's more yeah. about just keep opening up the conversation, keep talking about it, and and you know if 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 you're going to chat about it on Twitter, like check your sources and check where you're getting the information from, and and kind of just keep raising your concerns with the people that that matter. I mean, it, it's it's telling the rock star, you know, they they aren't just clamming up about this; they've wanted to open up the conversation more, and that's in itself a good sign. Yeah. There's plenty of developers who just shut down completely and don't want to talk about the. It, even more horrendous things that have apparently gone on behind the scenes. So yeah, I'm not, uh, this isn't going to uh, affect my purchasing decisions at least. <laughs> no, <same. laughs> it's impossible. isn't it, like you say, unless there's like some sticker that they put on the box, you know, it's like fair trade coffee. or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's going to be impossible isn't it, to, to know that they've worked in these conditions and things like mm. that. And the other thing I think is, is pretty important. Like the, the person who you, quoted there or put their tweet in the uh, story on tt mm. the other thing is she's being paid for the overtime like if you're on a salary quite often in a normal job you'll be i have to finish something and work unpaid because your salary is your salary do you know what i mean Definitely, there's no overtime yeah. or anything so i mean there's that that's probably important that they're actually being paid for their extra time yeah but yeah it's, it's impossible to know and it you, you just not i mean this has come out what a week before the games come out yeah and, that I mean, I'm, I'm probably just thought it was a throwaway comment, and it, it's yeah. released this massive storm on him. Yeah. But yeah, I can't, I can't see many people going. Do you know that game that we've been waiting for for like six years, and we're all really excited about? I'm <laughs> going to cancel that pre-order now. Like, I don't. No. I mean, I suppose that there is a part from gamers to make sure that do you know things are being done properly. But yeah personal needs sometimes <laughs> takes yeah. Over. Yeah. it's purely selfish really <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i mean ultimately it's an industry about like playing fun games like it's not like you know you're not yeah it's not necessarily world changing stuff and there are plenty of other industries that have a lot of poor working conditions much worse working conditions that we should probably be concerning ourselves about yeah and plus as well you're not going to change anything eh? because if if like say that something like coffee you know make sure that people who are growing it are paid fairly and stuff like that mm -hmm. you can actually change that by buying only those coffees and you know the bad people are gonna not get as many sales but yeah this game it's already been done you can't alter the fact that they've worked these hours after it's come out can you no. it's been done mm -hmm. yeah definitely agree We've had one more as well from Kevin. He says, despite all the news about Red Dead Redemption 2, do you think you'll still play and enjoy the game? We've basically just answered that. I think probably all three of us will be playing the game. Yeah. And uh, yeah. 
a lot of people who probably heard about the news as well will still be playing it. Um, <laughs> Do you think you'll enjoy it? I suppose that's wait and see. It's going to say, be, yeah. I need to play the game could first. Be terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> Fingers crossed it's not. Um, uh, there was a bit more news going around about Red Dead this week. So we got the release trailer. If you've watched that, it was brief. It was probably like about around a minute. Mm-hmm. And just basically showed a bit more of the kind of mayhem that you'll get up to with Arthur Morgan and the rest of the the gang, and these all holding up stores and robbing trains and all that kind of stuff, which looks mm-hmm. pretty amazing to be honest. Uh, there was also an appearance from John Marston. You hear him talk, which was a fangasm for me. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not standard. <laughs> yeah, um, and then we also got uh, some. I don't. I don't think it's concrete yet about the possibility of the game releasing on two discs, which like that, we haven't seen that since the very end of the 360 and PS3 days, I suppose, when games were too big for the DVDs. I, I, I don't know yeah. about if that's going to be the case or not. It was a Japanese uh, Japanese box art, basically, that got leaked that, that has a two-disc uh, logo on the back. So it was kind of suggestive that there'd be two Blu-ray discs. I mean, obviously, Rockstar have a tendency to do it they've i can't think of the last game that didn't have two this and i know that gta 5 did so yeah it's not entirely surprising to me and i know that they've confirmed separately on rockstar support have confirmed that it's going to be about 100 gigabytes file size so kind of makes sense that it might be on two discs and it might be that they do a thing again where the second disc is a multiplayer disc or something are you buying it physical or digitally probably buy digital to be honest um, I'm getting a physical copy, I think. Oh, okay. Physical. Uh, the remember the Red Dead came with like a map inside it and everything that was amazing. Like mm. it, I kind of, I kind of missed that digital for the ease of just you know having it pre-installed and ready to play as soon as the clock ticks to midnight. Yeah, I do miss some of the, you know, the stuff that you used yeah. to get. I mean, they they kind of got rubbish, didn't they? Do you remember in the past when you open an instruction book and yeah. it would have you know, like a, a guide to the characters and the, yeah. some backstory and all that? And now it's just like a one slip thing in it, advertising another game that yeah. the publisher's doing or something. Uh, yeah. yeah, I miss the maps and stuff like that. Same. I used to I used to bring like the game instruction manuals into school with me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I loved. Yeah, I used to always do that. Like I buy a game when I was I used to when I was a kid and I go Stockport and I buy a game. And then on the bus home, I'd sit, you know, reading through the instructions yeah. and finding out yeah, what's yeah. new in the game and all that kind of stuff. You don't get any of that anymore, do you? Oh, listen, Shame. I used to play LucasArts PC games in the early 90s where you got the massive box that had like a 60-page hint book and a like and a bunch <laughs> of stuff that you had to physically do on a piece of card to work out one of the puzzles in the game. Like, I, yeah, I remember all of that from when I was a kid. It's, uh, it's sad that it's not around so much, but... Yeah. But yeah, you can buy a fancy two hundred dollar ultimate edition of a lot of games nowadays. Still, so yeah, you know true. you can you can get your fix somehow. I haven't got enough shelf space for all the <laughs> statues and things that they give you because they're always mahusif. All right, so let's move on to uh, the next bit of news. So the Fallout seventy six beta starts next week. That's the break it early test application. Uh, if you want to get involved with that, I'm afraid the only way to play it is if you pre order the game. So. It's a pretty close beta. It's not going to be running 24 hours a day like most beaters do. They're going to run it for around four to eight hours a day. And then they're going to keep fixing and changing stuff. So you, you'll play those hours. They'll get the feedback. They'll fix it for the next day. Then you come on. The times haven't been announced yet. So I saw a lot of people worried that it'd be like in school or work hours, which <laughs> would suck, I suppose, if you're eager to play it. Um, but we've got a story with all the stuff you need to know about how to join and what's involved. And it's basically the full game that you're getting to play, which is pretty awesome. And it's going to run until they just said a few days before the game releases properly on November the 14th. So that's pretty exciting. You get to play all that if you're into Fallout. Are you going to join, Alex? I know you're a Fallout fan. Yeah, I think I, I'm not going to join. I'm going to wait for more info to come out about it i think even though there is quite a lot of info about the game already out because they've bethesda invited a bunch of um, content people content creators i guess you'd call them um to their office to play the game um and that footage was not under nda so all that footage is out there at the moment um and the game looks pretty good i mean i was more excited about it before i saw that footage to be honest which is quite disappointing 
but maybe I'll pick it up. You know, there's been a few things that I think are cool, like the the way the the game like interprets if you're a villain or a good person. If you start killing people randomly, you get a bounty on your head and stuff like that. All the kind of more multiplayer focused aspects of the game are quite cool. But I just, I don't know, it's not actually going to be like what the Fallout single player experience is, obviously. It's just you in a world killing stuff. And it might be it might be a different experience and it might be better. But from what I've seen, I, it's, it's going to be less of an RPG and more of just run around killing stuff and trying to get loot. Um, and it's not as much about the story, which is what I liked about the Fallout games in the first place. So yeah, maybe I'll pick it up. Maybe wait for the price to drop a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same same boat. I mean, this seems like they're trying to make a GTA online for mm-hmm. Fallout rather than make a proper Fallout MMO, which I probably I may have been interested in. I mean, I, to be fair, I never really got into Elder Scrolls Online either, but it's just not really something that's going to appeal to me. I like I like story driven stuff. Even when I do play stuff online, I do like there to be a little bit of of some kind of structure and and mission structure and things like even gta online the main bit i liked was doing the heist not necessarily just running around blowing stuff up and Mm. definitely all the marketing focus for this fallout 76 has been hey go out and blow loads of stuff up and this (laughs) is not really it's not really what fallout was all about for me to be honest so i'm totally the opposite to both of you because i always struggle in rpgs you know full-on rpgs you know mm. because I, I always seem to get lost like the quests are miles away and mm. you, you got you gotta go plodding round and all that kind of stuff so playing it with other people and just messing about online because i like the world the setting of like fallout 3 when i played it was mm. pretty incredible so uh, the idea of doing that and just messing about with mates and you know there was that thing about the nukes and trying to get nukes and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. sounds pretty cool to me I, I don't know if it's enough for me to purchase it straight away i'm guessing hopefully that maybe at some point it might make its way into game pass like fallout 4 did earlier this year mm. so that, that'll probably be when i check it out if at all yeah same i think i think they did have uh, to they- change it somehow because although fallout 4 did well critically there have been there's been a lot of chat since then about people saying actually we got pretty bored with it after a while and and i think there was a sense that maybe there wasn't too many other places it could go so i definitely think that they had to try and really shift things up a bit but whether this is the right move it's hard to say because there's so many other run around and blow people up games around that people are enjoying a lot at the moment you know blackout <laughs> call of duty and PUBG and fortnite and gta it's a it's a crowded market to try and jump into i think mm-hmm. there was um, a funny story going around well not funny for the person involved um, basically last week or early this week they started a stress test which is different from the the beta mm. and it it was under it was through the insider program on the xbox one that was the only way to access you had to pre-order the game and then it was kind of i think it might have been a bit random you know if you pre-ordered from the store and you were inside it then you'd get access to this stress test and there was an nda for that and some guy <laughs> jumped on and started streaming it on twitch and within about two minutes his twitch account had been permanently banned and his xbox account has been banned (laughs) (laughs) so if you're going to get involved in these things make sure you read the ndas people very important Uh, yeah i'm sure it was worth it for that two minutes uh yeah i don't know it seems quite silly of him to do that he'll probably probably (laughs) come back in some way make a new twitch account make a new xbox account I know he'll put yeah. up one of those YouTube apology videos where he doesn't really <laughs> apologize and it'll get millions and millions of views and he'll be fine. He'll be the latest YouTube celebrity. <laughs> I love yeah. a good fake apology video. <laughs> get me going. Um, something that we were planning to talk about, but um, you mentioned it a moment ago with Call of Duty. Our review went up this week. Mm. Kelly reviewed it, seemed to enjoy what was there. There's a few things still wrong with it. Have you been surprised by the sort of like critical acclaim it's been getting? I've been surprised that people were surprised, to be honest. I, I mean, <laughs> to me, in my head, I thought Call of Duty plus Fortnite equals success on every platform. I mean, they've always been, 
you know, it, the main thing about Fortnite and PUBG that people have talked about is that, yeah, I love the concept, but the shooting's no good. And the main thing about Call of Duty that people always say is getting a bit bored of it, but the shooting's still great. So I was just surprised that everyone was surprised that this multiplayer focused version of Call of Duty that had a Battle Royale game in it wasn't going to be the best one out there, really. It just it seemed like a match made in heaven. They've got all the money and development to put behind it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, they've got far more experience making shooters than than either of the devs behind PUBG and and Fortnite. So yeah, it was always going to be better. And uh, people always complain in PUBG about lagginess and bullet lag or whatever, where they shoot, they think they've shot someone but they haven't, and blah blah blah, um, which seems to be far less of an issue on Call of Duty games. And obviously, Call of Duty had about thirty different games to perfect it. So yeah, I might even try it out myself. I haven't never really gotten into a, a battle royale before. I'm uh, really tempted. Like uh, I play Call of Duty as silly as it sounds, mainly for the campaign. Then I'll, I'll have a bit of fun mm. in the multiplayer. Do you know, I'll mess around, and then I'll move on to the the next thing. I suppose we're living a bit of a bubble, being a trophy and achievement site. In that, you know, most people want the the story stuff because it's probably easier than getting ten thousand kills online and stuff like. That. Yeah, I mean the idea of it. The multiplayer stuff sounded great. It's just that I like the campaign, which is why I buy it. Mm. But uh, hearing all the reviews and watching some of the videos online of what people are doing and stuff, I'm I'm really tempted. Like, a, <laughs> I don't know, it might be a Christmas present or something like that. Because he's still obviously Red Dead coming out and Hitman later this year and stuff that I want to play. So, yeah, I mean, this is the first time I've been remotely interested in a Call of Duty game since since the original World War Two era in PlayStation Two. So. Yeah, it's, it's definitely kind of working on me just because it, it looks fun and interesting and different and everyone's excited about it, which is different for, you know, even though Call of Duty has been successful in the last few years, mainly people have been talking about, oh, well, it's just the same game, but I'll buy it anyway. Whereas this is like, yeah, it's it's fresh and exciting and people are mm-hmm. actually having interesting conversations about it. So it makes it more appealing to people who maybe gave up on the series a while ago. Sure. Yeah, I haven't really played it properly since COD 4. <laughs> Um, and I played a lot of COD 4 multiplayer. I was one of those annoying teenagers <laughs> on, uh, on COD 4. But, um, yeah, it's, I think it's, as you say, it's exciting to see them doing something so different. Maybe later on in the year, I will give it a go. I know a couple of my friends have tried it and they like it, so no excuse not to, really. From the like the, the critical acclaim it's got, and I think it's, I don't think it's sold as well physically, but obviously nothing sells as well as it used to do physically, but I think the digital sales are quite strong on it. Yeah. Do you think that'll be a decision they do going forward in COD? No campaigns, and we'll do the three different kind of online modes in Zombies, Normal Multiplayer, and Blackout? I don't know. I mean, they've got lots of different strands of Call of Duty, so I think there's still potentially room for them to have the main, you know, have the other development studios working on a story campaign potentially, but... I think what it does show is that they'll keep mixing it up and they'll keep looking at the market and seeing what people are interested in and, and, and doing that. And, you know, whether we get more sort of battlefield style war stories in future campaigns, uh, that's sort of more just like a primer for the, for the multiplayer or whether they do a full campaign again, it's, it's kind of hard to say, but they can kind of, they can afford to experiment clearly with, with whatever's going on in the industry. So I think we'll just have to wait and see. I suppose that'll be interesting when Battlefield Five comes out. See what kind of reception that gets. Mm, yeah, because that's obviously got its own battle royale, mm-hmm. but they still haven't really shared a lot about the game to me. No, I'm a bit concerned seems- about yeah. about that. To be honest, I think that I don't think that's going to be a, a winner for them. Unfortunately. All right, let's move on to uh, Hitman Two. Got some news for that. Oh yeah, uh, regarding Sean Bean. Yeah, this was this is great. <laughs> I, I love this. So IO Interactive have decided that the first elusive target in Hitman 2 is going to be played by Sean Bean, which which is fantastic because actually when you look at the story, he's playing a character who's famous for faking his own death. And obviously <laughs> Sean Bean is kind of notorious for always being the character that gets killed off in anything that yeah. he does. Very rarely that Sean Bean will be in something where you can't predict that he's going to die. So yeah, I just found this this very funny. And obviously it's it's a it's a good sign for for IO Interactive as well, that they're they're being able to pull big names in to, to do this kind of stuff since they've they've gone independent, they've split off from Square Enix. 
in terms well, they're of with Warner now, aren't yeah, they? they're, they're being published with Warner. So I guess that's going to open up their the possibilities of them getting some big names in to do some of their elusive targets or their DLCs or whatever they want to do. So I hope that maybe this is the beginning of a trend of murdering some of our favorite character actors. <laughs> uh, that might be quite fun. Was weird, you know, like because I've got Twitter open all day. Obviously, I do the TA social stuff, so I'm looking at Twitter all day. And suddenly, Sean Bean's trending, and I, I thought the worst. Like, oh my god, <laughs> what what's happened to him? And then, all oh right, he's in Hitman. Okay, especially if it was coming up as Sean Bean killed, and then you go into it, and it's Sean Bean yes, will like... be killed in <laughs> Hitman too. <laughs> but yeah, it's not long to wait for that one. Are you a Hitman fan? Um, I played Hitman, the first series, for Playlist. So I hadn't really ah, been right, into okay. Hitman before then, but I absolutely loved it. I was really blown away by it. It was a total surprise for me. So I, I'm definitely interested in this. I haven't had a chance to get hands-on with it yet. Whether I pick it up day one, not sure. There's a lot coming out, but it's definitely something that's going to be on my radar. And, and now that I can I can kill Sharp in in Hitman 2, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about doing that at some point. So that'd be good. Yeah, it's good to see Sean Bean's uh, game acting career still <laughs> yeah. going strong. <laughs> um, he, he's been in a few different games, but I know he was in Oblivion. Uh, oh, he was, Oblivion. yeah. yeah. Uh, he doesn't die in that. Um, uh, yeah, he does. He d- does he? <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. Or he oh, didn't finish God. it. <laughs> he doesn't, does he? Yeah, right at the end. Oh, he sacrifices end. himself. Oh. Sorry, this is a massive spoiler for anyone who's still not played the game in 2006. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, no, you're completely right. Um, <laughs> Richie's going to be gutted now. He was definitely planning yeah. on playing Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't know any other games he's been in. Probably a couple here and there. But yeah, it's good to see. That's all I'm saying. All right. And another bit of interesting news from the world of PlayStation. Something that I was looking forward to because Spider-Man is such a good game. Yeah, so Spider-Man has got a DLC pack that's coming out. The first DLC pack's coming out next week. So this is going to be the first of a series of three story missions around Black Cat, which in itself is quite exciting. And we know that there's going to be more trophies for those. But also we heard that it's getting New Game Plus in in an update. And a recent PlayStation blog confirmed that there's going to be two trophies in the New Game Plus update. So the free update that's going to everyone. There's going to be one trophy for completing the game again on New Game Plus, and there's also going to be a trophy for finishing the game on Ultimate Difficulty. Now, I admit that I played the game on Friendly Difficulty because I was struggling (laughs) with the combat. So this is a little bit scary, I guess, for me. But the fact that obviously (laughs) there's going to be a trophy for playing the whole game again on New Game Plus, I guess you might as well tackle ultimate difficulty having transferred over all of your your suits and your gadgets and your levels and everything else so perhaps it's not going to be quite so so scary in the end but we'll see because normally new game plus they also beef up the difficulty of the enemies as well so i know yeah. as, as we mentioned before with the witcher uh, i had a bit of a struggle getting through the new game plus on the hardest difficulty there so it might be a similar struggle but it's one i think i'm 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 willing to give it a go because I really did enjoy the game and it might be nice to play the DLC through on a new game plus so that it's kind of interwoven with the, with the main game a bit rather than just something you kind of jump into afterwards. So yeah, it's all exciting, all good news as far as I'm concerned. It's a, a, a bit of a blur from my time playing it because I was kind of playing it constantly. <laughs> yeah, to be yeah. But how long do you reckon it was to go through the the campaign if you didn't do all the you know the side stuff that you kind of do for trophies? I don't think it was too long because a lot of unlike unlike Assassin's Creed which we may talk about in a bit but a lot of the kind of XP that you needed to to be strong enough to get through the main story most of the biggest XP boosts you got were by completing main story missions anyway yeah. so you could really mostly ignore a lot of the side stuff. I reckon it was probably 20 hours on friendly difficulty at most. Probably less, I right, would say. Okay. Probably uh, maybe 15 even if you're really just concentrating. I don't think I spent more than 30 hours mopping up the whole trophy list. So. Yeah, because there was puzzles and stuff on this. So you could kind of skip all them. Yeah, yeah, which is nice. <laughs> so yeah, I might give that a go. Give me a reason to go back in because it was such a good game. Like yeah. All right, let's move on to some site stuff. So... Uh, on TA last week, there was a big one. There was the Von Coin thing that we announced. Richie's going to come on the show next week to explain that properly because although we're aware of it, 
we didn't do anything really with it, so we'll let Rich do that properly. Um, we've got a new feature though on TT. Yep. So I'm I'm trying out a new thing over on DT as I have been doing, but so this is PS4 share of the week. So we're taking advantage of the fact that when you if you link your Twitter account or your Facebook account to your PSN account, you can basically quickly share a screenshot from your ps4 onto onto twitter or facebook with the hashtag ps4 share and we thought we would try and launch a regular feature on tt where we'll share the best things that we see that you've submitted to us on twitter so if you link your twitter account to your psn and share a screenshot on twitter and then let us know in a special forum thread that we've got over on tt we'll take a look at those on a weekly basis and we'll pick our favorite screenshots that people have taken and post them up on the homepage. Uh, and it's something we're, we're kind of trialing at the moment. We may add community badges later on. We may do themed weeks. We may focus on a certain game or maybe we'll be looking for funny shots or scenic shots or, or whatever. It's, it's, it's kind of all up in the air at the moment, just waiting to see how people respond to it. And yeah, hopefully we'll see quite a few of your best photos we've seen quite a few already that uh, that i think are just incredible and i'm admittedly pretty awful at photo modes i always seem to catch the worst possible moment so yeah i'm excited to to get a story up about that they'll probably go up later today uh, so by the time you're listening to this hopefully it'll be up on tt we'll be sharing some of the best from the community i've got to say i might just link to it in the show notes on ta because uh some of the photos are just photos but there's some <laughs> there's a couple from spider-man which are well worth looking at yeah look amazing and assassin's creed odyssey that looks amazing yeah no man's um, sky is popular as well that's, an, that's another one that, yeah. that people are taking some fantastic shots in um if you're like doing that on your xbox because obviously there's the xbox share as well and we've got the ability on site to pull in your screenshots and your clips and stuff like that we're going to be doing some work on clips in the not too distant future, I think so. It'll be, it might be a feature that comes over to TA once that update's been done, so we can share things a bit better. So, don't think you're missing out on badges and stuff that TT's getting. <laughs> trying to spread the love equally between everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to some industry stuff quite quickly. So, uh, on the Xbox, we've got five titles are going to be leaving Xbox Game Pass at the end of this month. Those five titles are going to be Oddworld, New and Tasty, Resident Evil, Skyforce Anniversary, and World of Van Helsing Death Trap on the Xbox One, and Mega Man 9 on the Xbox 360. Interesting to know what this story ended up on Reddit, and then I saw somebody had kind of been keeping track of you know when games have been added. And it seems that I think it was originally four that were announced and we picked up another one. The four that were originally announced were all added last November. So maybe it's like a 12-month thing for a lot of these games, you know, to choose how long they want to go into. So that might be a reason why that we might see a repeat of this kind of 12-month thing coming and going. Mm. Um, we got some delistings on the Xbox Store in September. So Forza Horizon 2 was already well-known about on the Xbox One. So you've missed the chance to get that digitally. You can still play it physically, but the DLC has been removed as well. So you can't get a full completion if you didn't buy all the DLC. Uh, NBA 2K14, which I don't think anybody will be too sad about now. <laughs> uh, NBA Playgrounds, which I suppose is a bit surprising. This is a game that released as an ID uh, Xbox title last year. The NBA Playgrounds 2 has been released like, a, I think, a week ago or so. But 2K picked it up and now the publisher so i'm guessing that's something related to that uh the culling <laughs> which is going to get reverted back to the day one version at some point right the walking dead the final season which obviously is up in the air we we're going to get we know now that we're going to get the final two episodes which is good but when that's going to release and how it's going to be done we'll have to wait and see i guess i have heard some uh, some rumors that Skybound oh, well. are looking to get the third episode out by the end of the year. It's not something I've, oh, I've yeah. confirmed yet on uh, enough to put a story up, but I, I know they did a Reddit, ask me anything, and there was a suggestion that they're aiming for the end of the year for episode three. Oh, that'd be good. Well done, then. Um, and then on the Xbox 360, we lost Dragon Ball Z. I'm going to murder this. Badukai HD collection and <laughs> NBA 2K14. 
And then an XBLA title, we've got Telltale Games Pokenite 2, which is obviously related to the sad demise of Telltale. Um, we actually got some games came back, though. So Lego The Hobbit came back. I think we discussed that on the podcast a while ago. It was surprising the 360 version didn't go as well. So that's obviously some kind of licensing thing. It's back. Uh, we got on the Xbox 360, Call of Juarez The Cartel and Call of Juarez Gunslinger and Zone of the Enders HD collection. And then one random bit, um, support for Minecraft Apple TV <laughs> has ended. So it's been removed from the iTunes store. So you can't get your game of score on your Apple TV. You know your game service <laughs> is de- dead when they take Minecraft away. <laughs> <laughs> the final nail in the coffin. <laughs> True. Finally, we got some back compat news this week. So Crisis, Crisis 2 and Crisis 3 are now back compat, which is pretty interesting because I'm sure that Crisis, it was announced that the servers were going offline. <laughs> and then they, I think they're still running. Like It's overdue from when the servers were meant to go off. Mm. But now it's on back compat. So maybe they, were, they saw a lot of people jump into the game, probably getting achievements and thought, might be worth keeping them online and go back compat. So we'll see. Hopefully that stays... And then uh, yesterday, I don't know how they do this because it seems like wizardry to me. <laughs> um, for Xbox 360 titles are now enhanced on the Xbox One X with 4K, <laughs> 4K resolution. And it's some, something mad that they do in the emulator that they don't even touch the code. It just kind of does it. So uh, we got Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2, Portal Still Alive, and the Orange Box, which, in case you missed that, all Valve-developed games. Yeah. So It's interesting to see what they will look like i don't know like maybe maybe you don't want that high of a resolution to 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 play these games it might just point out how i don't know yeah well left for dead was never a great looking game was it mm. to be fair um so yeah that might, that might be quite shocking in okay um portal though was quite pretty wasn't it and it seems quite basic in you know what what's in there so mm. i guess that could probably work and I've not played Half-Life 2 or anything well, like that, uh, so I'm not sure on that one. All of those games are made in the same engine. So I don't know. Mm. It will be interesting to see if there'll be some comparison videos and stuff, and stuff I'm sure. Yeah, for definite, won't there? But yeah, I can just imagine them looking like you, you just don't want that level of detail. Maybe I'm being too negative. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We have a question about that um, as well, don't we? From Stanley. He says, the four Valve titles getting X-enhanced seemingly came out of nowhere. Do you see this as a major encouragement for other publishers to push less popular titles? Uh, and he says in brackets, not to say they aren't popular, but less so than many other titles, into getting the same treatment or at least into back compat. Um, yeah, I don't think they're less popular at all. They're some a few years ago, maybe like however when they came out, I don't know how long ago it was, eight or nine years ago, they were some of the most popular games yeah. on the market. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know that Valve have been publicly saying that they're trying to get back into actually making and publishing games rather than just focusing on Steam. So this seems like more like it was just an easy win for for Valve to kind of commit to that by throwing a few games out on backwards compatibility. Like it's certainly a sign that they're getting back into thinking about publishing deals and and making agreements with other with other consoles and stuff so if anything hopefully it's a sign that they're testing the waters for perhaps creating games again don't say it no i'm don't not gonna say, say it, it but if you do you're gonna if get any of those, <laughs> if any of those games could have a three on the end that would be something. yeah there's a half-life between two and four um, um yeah i left for dead between two and four because yeah yeah because uh, it seems to be a very in vogue thing. There seems to be a load of games releasing at the moment that are kind of similar to Left 4 Dead style games. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It seems to be like there's a want for it. Yeah, I think it'll be a completely Last new box. game. If they do something, it will be not yeah. connected to any of their current franchises. That's my no, idea. they've lost a lot of the, the talent that was behind that stuff anyway yeah. in the time since. So I, I, it would be... There'd be there'd be so much risk involved in trying to bring any of those back. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Like Half Life Three is probably one of the most demanded titles. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Every time somebody says something, it's like 
Half-Life 3, Half-Life 3. So, yeah, I suppose if I was them, I'd probably stay away. I mean, I don't know. It's like you've obviously got the instant win of lots and lots and lots of sales. Mm. But if it doesn't turn out to be what people are hoping for, it's not going to go great, is it? You don't want it to be a Duke Nukem forever. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true. All right, moving on. We've got a few giveaways going on on site at the moment. So just uh, a note, it's for them if you haven't seen them already. So on both TA and TT, we are giving away some Turtle Beach headsets with a trophy or achievement challenge. So all you got to do is one of the easiest achievements in the game called Zombies 101, which is just for completing the Zombies tutorial. If you sign up for one of our sponsored gaming sessions on TAT, Pop, an ach- pop that achievement trophy in that time, you'll be automatically entered. It is US only. I know people always ask us, why US only? It's not because we really mean it's because that's what Turtle Beach wanted us to do, I'm afraid. Yeah. So that's why. So, yeah, if you're playing Call of Duty Black Ops 4, there's no reason for you not just to get in one of those sessions and get that done. You could win a one. We've got, I think, 10 headsets in total we're giving away. So well worth jumping in. Uh, we've got a giveaway on TA. For UK people only, again, it wasn't us, we've been told UK only, <laughs> um, for an Xbox wireless controller. It's the grey and blue one that released um, maybe two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Really nice controller. Yeah. And uh, we've got a few more of them to come up as well, so stay tuned for them. And last thing, we are giving away a copy of Red Dead Redemption 2 on TT. So definitely go and get that one. You could save yourself $60 or whatever and... Have it there waiting on your doorstep for when you go on from work next Friday. Mm. <laughs> All right, let's go on to what we've been playing. I've basically been playing something I really can't talk about without fear of going to jail. <laughs> um, <laughs> again, just more of FIFA 19, but I talked about that last week. I've been doing quite a bit of Ultimate Team. Stayed away from spending money on it again so far, so I'm doing nice. all right. Yeah, they've kind of switched it up. Last year, it used to be like leagues. So you'd play a game, obviously football, so you get no points for a loss, one point for a draw, three points for a win. And it was done like divisions. So if you got 18 points, say, you get promoted to the next division and it was kind of skill-based. So you'd end up playing tougher and tougher people as the higher you got. This year, they've done the whole weekend league which i'm baffled by and i don't really understand but i'm playing it because i like ultimate team but it seems to reward you at the end of every week you get a choice of do you want this pack or this pack or do you want like forty-five thousand coins or one last week so it seems like they're giving coins away a lot easier than spending money which is nice for my wallet hmm. uh sam you've been playing assassin's creed odyssey we haven't spoke about it since you played what four hours or something the day it came out yeah when i played four hours and didn't leave the first island um, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's so how you're getting on that's kind of been my experience since i mean i i enjoy the story i still enjoy I, i've always been a fan I, I, and I, i'm sure i always will be but this is the first time that i'm really starting to get tired i must admit it's so big and there's so many things that you have to do and what frustrates me is that as we were talking about earlier you can't uh, we were talking about earlier with spider-man where you can if you just go through the main quest you can normally keep up your xp in terms of being able to tackle the next main quest yeah in assassin's creed the absolute opposite is true you 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 keep hitting walls of you can't really progress in the main story unless you go around and do a bunch of other stuff and while there are lots of nice little story quests to do when you're when you get to kind of 30 hours or so in I'm just starting to get yeah, so a bit what, like... What a, level are you? So I'm on kind of 35. Right, so I think the first wall I hit that was like that was probably around about... I, can't, I think I was probably about level 27, yeah. and I think I need to be 32, something like that. So it's probably... You probably just got past that. Yeah, so I think I've just crested that wall. It doesn't help that I'm trying to write some trophy guides for TT, so I spent a long time... <laughs> sailing around the sea trying to unlock every sub-region so i could confirm oh, whether wow. or not that like how that unlocks so uh, i did spend a good couple of hours just sailing around an empty ocean trying to get a trophy to unlock so that won't have helped remotely but but yeah i, I I'm, I'm starting to get to an interesting bit the stories opened up the the not to spoil anything but the three strands that you talked about dave uh, they've all been revealed to me now so there's definitely an interesting thing going on there and it's kind of made me excited for the for the DLC as well because I know that 
that a couple of the quests that I've come across, the mostly side quests, seem heavily linked to what they've teased the DLC is going to be. So I'm hoping that this time around the DLC is going to be very much sort of interwoven with the story that we've already seen, which is kind of my preferred way to have have a DLC work. So yeah, it's 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 okay. I this is the first time, like I said, that I've started to get a little bit bored in the series. So if you're someone who is already getting bored, this might not be the best place for you to jump back in. I'm not sure. It's 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 certainly it's interesting. They've taken some new turns with it and the story is better than it has been for a while, I think, as well. But you do still have the same Ubisoft map vomit thing going on <laughs> so that's they're not going to change that anytime soon i don't think so you know you, you you all know what you like and you probably already know whether you're gonna even remotely give this a try or not so so yeah not too much else to say okay yeah is there obviously there's a bunch of side quests and stuff but are there also just like generic pick this collectible up and there's like a hundred of them on the map, and that's like the old, like the old uh, Assassin's Creed games. Is that still a, a thing? So they don't really have collectibles in that sense, no. but they do have a whole bunch of different sort of quest lines that take up a lot of. Okay. There's a lot of objectives, so I guess collectibles have kind of been beefed up to be more like there's. 50 cultists that you have to go and round up oh, and see. and and get a token from each of them and then you might unlock a weapon or something like that there's there's a lot of a lot of quest lines that are like advanced collectibles as opposed to there just being a bunch of feathers on the map so it's 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 more cleverly interwoven but it's still there mm. to there to grind just to grind yeah i see what you mean all right, so uh, let's move on to what we've been streaming this week. Unfortunately, you missed Tuesday because you decided yeah. to be selfish and have a oh, holiday. How dare I? Yeah, <laughs> I missed the first two. I was in the Lake District having a very nice time. We did Guns Goring Cannoli 2 and My Memory of Us, which games that I did choose, but I'm not <laughs> sure how they were received by Jack and Rich. <laughs> I know Mark recommends my memory of us to people who if you liked valiant hearts the ubisoft world yeah. war one game i think it's it's got a similar vibe to it where it's quite a interesting wartime kind of story so if you're into kind of story based stuff i think that i think that mark would certainly recommend it nice from looking at it it looks quite innocent the game you know like a nice cartoony art style and stuff but it's got some quite kind of deep undertones in there yeah um, if you're interested, though, we will have videos of both of those streams up on YouTube probably later today, so you can just kind of skip through them and watch them if you need to know what they're about. For sure. First day I was here, and we did Warface and Devious Dungeon. And Warface is uh, just a multiplayer first-person shooter, basically. There's not much unique about it, which I can really describe. I know you've played it, Sam, uh, haven't you? Yeah, I played it at an event before it came out. Actually, uh, it's because it's been around a while on PC, and it. I, it's on a three sixty. Yeah, the it PS3, was. I think, yeah, I think this is like a relaunch to try and to try and boost the the console thing because I think it was originally Crytek on the three sixty, and now it's because yeah. Crytek kind of sort of imploded, but not quite. But this is now owned by <laughs> by a, a Russian developer now. So I think they're, they're relaunching the console side of things to try and boost that market because they've got quite a big following on Steam. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, I kind of feel the same. I, I didn't get a huge amount of time with it. it. It was a very competent shooter, but it didn't have a huge amount that, that stood out to me beyond that just that it was it was pretty slick and it, it worked well there was a lot of weapons customization going on yeah. which was you could you could tailor your experience quite quite specifically based on how you modded your your weapon but beyond that just a just a good shooter really i guess yeah the, the shooting it was probably was worth fun. mentioning as well it, it it's free to play so there's quite a lot of that's true micro transactions to kind of speed up progress and mm-hmm. You know, kind of wield the tanks, you kind of grind into mm. get better weapons and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's like skill tree type things where you choose what your reward every so often and stuff like that. Um, but if you like uh, multiplayer shooters, then definitely worth checking out, I think. Um, we did Devious Dungeon as well, which I mentioned, uh, which is a kind of roguelite, um, very similar to 
a lot of games in the same vein, like Dead Cells and um, Rogue Legacy, if you've played that. Uh, it's just a kind of 16-bit looking hack and slash style. You, you go down into a dungeon, kill stuff, get money, use money to buy items. Um, when you die, it kind of randomly generates the levels. And yeah, it's uh, pretty standard stuff. It, we got a lot of achievements in it, which is, I think is the biggest bonus that people will probably want to hear about. I think you can, some uh, one, I think it was Radical, said in the streams that you can complete it in about four hours. So Yeah, that's that's true. Because I, 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 I was interested when this came up on your list, actually, because I already had it on on playstation because i'd seen on on tt people talking about this being a just an easy throwaway completion and yeah it's, it's pretty straightforward to finish it off i mean because there's so many checkpoints in the game so if you reach the boss level you can jump straight back into the boss level if you die so there's not a lot of grinding back to where you were for compared to a lot of other roguelites and it's kind of fun it's easy on the brain and it's you know there's not a hell of a lot going on in there but it's for a game that's got easy trophies and easy achievements it's not as much of a headache as some of the other sort of cheap and not so cheerful options that are around so yeah worth worth a go for 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 the price as well it's 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 not very expensive at all yeah i was going to say that i found i found it oddly relaxing just because Mm, there's not like much thought that you have to put into the game you just run jump hit hit stuff um so yeah uh, next week, we've got four more, which I did not pick. Rich picked these, but I'm sure he made excellent decisions. They are home sweet home. <laughs> um, the, Jackbox, the Jackbox Party Pack 5, Transport Giant, and Sinner Sacrificed for Redemption. And we've got three more questions. First from Ian Triplo. He says, just been treated to a new controller by the other half. How many controllers do you own? And do you use them for one person alone with the sign-in feature? Dave, I'm going to ask you, I bet you've got about 50 controllers. I've got, well, I've got probably four that work. <laughs> and then I've got like a, a graveyard of controllers <laughs> in a cupboard where, do you know, like they've got stick drift yeah. and stuff like that. Um, as I've mentioned lots of times, because my kids kind of just drop them on the floor and leave them lying around and stuff. So, yeah, I've probably got four that actually work well, and I don't use the single sign-in feature because then my kids are just signing as me and start games and pop achievements that I don't want and all kinds of stuff. So I don't use it. I know it is a good if you're using the Xbox on your own, it's probably aced. You know, just you pick up the controller and it logs you in because of that controller. But the kids are always on mine, so I can't. <laughs> yeah, got to lock them down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um, I just have the one we just sign in on on one account, so we don't use the sign in feature. But I've got three controllers. I I bought myself two for myself, my wife, and then my brother very kindly bought me a Design Lab controller uh, for my thirtieth birthday last year, which he got in Assassin's Creed two colors. So it's like gray, white, and red. So that was kind of sweet because he's he's not really into gaming, but he knows what I like. So it was nice to, that he's made that <laughs> effort to, to try and make it like one of my favorite games. So, so yeah, I'm very, very much like that. It's got my gamer tag monogrammed on the front as well. So I'm sure even after I retire the Xbox One, I'll be keeping, keeping hold of that controller yeah. for sure. That is a great present. I wish yeah. I had my name on my controller. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can get a Sharpie and just write it. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah. That's a sad individual who does that. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Ghost in the Class. He says, what, in your opinion, is the best package of exclusive Xbox needs for the next generation to succeed? Are we talking an RPG with fancy elements? Maybe sci-fi and action game? Which kind? Maybe attempting to recapture the Gears of War feel with a new IP of the same type? There's a lot of suggestions in that question. Yeah. I don't know. They've got the driving nailed. <laughs> Between Motorsport and Horizon, they're pretty much spot on for that. Yeah, I think the areas they're lacking is the two biggest like shooters, Gears and Halo. They're kind of getting a bit stale now. Yeah, they've got Even about six different kind of a... Gears of War games coming out anyway, so we probably don't need another yeah, Gears I mean, of War like. <laughs> Gears Four is the first one I've not completed, and it's not a bad game. It's just mm. that I've lost kind of interest in it. Um, Halo I've never been massively into I know it's a huge franchise but every time a game releases and I play it I think it's quite a good game this but real fans of the series are you know, saying it's getting worse and worse each time I think so that's sad so I think yeah like some kind of new IP for a shooter would be ace as long as it's a good good game <laughs> and then 
I don't know. To me, it's kind of the, the PlayStation style stuff. Yeah. Like the story-driven yeah. adventure type games, Last of Us, God of War, all that kind of stuff. I don't. We had a perfect kind of God of War game in Rise. I thought Rise. Mm. Do you know they could have they could have added, added in some kind of elements to that and made it a bit more magical and stuff. And it, it, Rise was an amazing game. It just it didn't go down critically well. I don't think. And then most UP players have seemed to like it, but. Yeah, I think it didn't. It still didn't really quite have the writing of some. No, of it didn't the, have the story. Yeah, though, and I think I think that's the, sometimes what sells the PlayStation stuff, at least early on in like the marketing is is with with yeah, God of War yeah. and everything is that people are like, oh, this story looks like it's going to be interesting, and then they they kill it with the gameplay afterwards as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Ninja Theory do. That's probably yeah. the one that I'm most excited about because Hellblade had a really good story. It looked beautiful. The the combat and everything was really slick. So with a massive budget, so the 20 people working with, if you watch the, the videos that they're making of mm. and how kind of hacky it was put together. Yeah. I think to do the face animations at one point, she had a head in a plant pot. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, with, with proper money behind them and a big team, it'd be interesting to see where that goes. I think they could do something really good in that kind of last of us kind of style, you know, story driven. Yeah. And I think I think Obsidian, if that if that does prove to be true, could be a big get for for Microsoft because if they yeah. can if they can wedge themselves into not necessarily the full blown RPG but the sort of light RPG stuff that yeah Assassin's Creed yeah something. Assassin's Creed Spider Man God of War they've all been RPG lights they they've had a, a kind of strong narrative focus but they've had a lot of that RPG stuff going on so if they can get some of the industries sort of leading experts on that stuff in obsidian to to work on something it's it's almost i know that i know that we still think that playground are probably working on fable but now i'm thinking actually if they did get obsidian they would be pretty well placed to do a fable as well in the future if they ever did want to resurrect that series but but hopefully the main thing i want to see is just a lot of new stuff a lot of innovation and just not not necessarily churning out the same stuff as much as sea of thieves was was problematic i'm i was glad that they were taking those kinds of risks and i hope that they keep keep taking yeah. those risks well i mean it, it seems they will be after acquiring obsidian it's it's all yeah. positive from that aspect i think but i wouldn't like to see them make an rpg light um it might do better in terms of sales but i just oh, i want i want all the backing of microsoft with the with the people the devs of obsidian just to make a crazy deep rpg that i can get lost in. oh that's, yeah that's what i, I really love that want. as well like <laughs> That's probably exciting. Do you know, like when these when Ninja Theory sat like released a video explaining why they'd agreed, and one of the big things that they were kind of just being left to their own devices to do mm. what they want to do. So if they're doing that with all these companies, they're signing up. It's going to be interesting, at least. You know, however the games are as good as we hope, yeah, remains to be seen. But it should be pretty interesting next three four years to see what they're actually doing. For sure, the initiative, which is one of the ones that they bought in their big E3 announcement, yeah. they have apparently hired the te- one of the technical directors from Rockstar. So they could be working, if they need a technical director that can work on Rockstar scale, they may be working yeah. on something massive. So and they, they seem to be pulling in some major talent yeah. there. But again, you just don't know yeah. how it pans out. Yeah. So I don't know, whenever you play a Sony game, they just seem to have that, or a Sony published game, they seem to have that story element nailed don't they completely like even spider-man it was not their studio but the story the way it's done and the camera angles and the cinematics and everything just seems spot on yeah i don't, it's just I don't know if it's something when they when they sign a contract to do a game for the playstation it's like right you must have this camera angling because it looks ace <laughs> maybe they have <laughs> like they have maybe they have story. polish experts that go around each of the studios yeah. and go i just need to make sure this is as shiny as possible so you guys have a delay if you want but you need to buff this up until it's a magical hollywood shine on it. <laughs> yeah. the good thing is as well for sort of like tt listeners is if microsoft are buying all these studios and if what they do turns out to be excellent then it's going to push sony mm-hmm. to up their game as well in it so it's, yeah. it's only going to be good for the whole industry if for sure we start getting some awesome games and i don't know about obsidian but did they do knights of the old republic they did the second one which was pretty well received although 
this was around the time I think they were having a little bit of trouble. So I think there was some cut content and stuff, but Bioware did the first one and then they did the second one. So it's a bit like Fallout where they did, they, they're pretty good at handling other people's sequels. Yeah. So again, Fable could be a good option for them. Okay, last one. It comes from Abraham Ruiz. He says, what news do you think Xbox will announce in the XO 2018 in Mexico City? So I don't, obviously I've been focusing on TT stuff. I don't really know what necessarily what they might be doing from a industry or hardware perspective, but I have seen a rumor going around a very, very tenuous rumor as these things tend to be that <laughs> splinter cell might turn up at the, at the expo because it was the only, as Mark has often pointed out, cause he's a super fan of splinter cell and he's been constantly disappointed <laughs> that it was the only game in that Walmart leak that came out before E3. It was the only one that didn't happen at E3. And yeah. I think the rumors have been that either there was a delay with it and they couldn't show it or that somehow Microsoft have managed to uh, offer some kind of monetary incentive to have it at their own event. But it's, as I said, it's very, very tenuous and it would seem like an odd event to to suddenly unleash such a beloved series back i think mark pulls the the splinter cell thing out every time there's a, a some kind of press conference he was so confident at e3 it was quite sad. <laughs> well to be fair i i tortured him with this he didn't know about this i i decided to share it with him so i i think he had actually given up after e3 and now i've just ruined it by... <laughs> we were in we we're in chat when e3 was happening and you know the, the stories are coming up and we're like right, i'll take this one you take this one and then he's just like popping in chat going just let me know when splinter cells are going. <laughs> that's it and he was <laughs> <laughs> when, when it ended and it's like it's finished mark he's like no nah, because he wasn't watching it i don't think no he must have been commuting at the time and he's just like oh let me know when spent this open it's ended mark like no it's <laughs> <laughs> okay but yeah i've heard that a rumor i think the obsidian thing if that's a fact mm-hmm. is going to probably be announced yep. there the other stuff's pretty up in the air because they did say there's going to be some like announcements and there's going to be first and third party the developers there to you know reveal new stuff so it's going to be interesting mm. to see what's actually there i wonder if they might pull cyberpunk out again just a new trailer oh, or something i'd love that cyberpunk bit of gameplay <laughs> yeah i mean they they may be taking advantage of as well they may they may even push the boat further out than they thought they were going to because playstation of of yeah back it's from- a bit odd isn't it how xbox has kind of done this for the first time in years and it coincides with playstation cancelling those yeah so they may even pull out even more big guns than they were perhaps planning to because they can take advantage of of kind of dominating the the news cycle for for the end of the year perhaps going to definitely be worth watching when is it it's november isn't it at some point in november it's definitely going to be worth tuning in if you're an xbox fan or even playstation fan because there's bound to be some third party stuff oh for sure yeah sure that's going to be multi-platform bit an interesting end to the year Good games, big news. <laughs> I don't, it's quite exciting to actually have you know an event as an Xbox fan. Who, you know, normally by the time you've seen E3 and Gamescom, that's it. You know what's coming for the next twelve months. Yeah. So something new is exciting. Yeah. We'll see. All right, that is it for this week. Thanks everybody for tuning in once again. We will be back next week. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.